I once sold a half of a leftover pizza to a drunk dude in L.A. for 50 bucks. Wow. The pizza cost me $15. It wasn't <laughs> and, even and what, good. How did this exchange go down? Well, I mean, if it was good, I know you would personally would have not have let go of it for $50. Yeah, the, the, I, was at, I, I was at a place. I ordered pizza. I ate, I ate half the pizza because I'm a fat ass. And then I walked outside with my box of pizza. And no, because you're a fucking regular-ass American. That's also You true. are not the only person on this phone call who will eat half a pizza. That's <laughs> fair. And I was walking out with my pizza going back to my car and... Some drunk came up to me and said, dude, I'll give you like five bucks for a slice of pizza. And I looked at him and said, you can have everything in the box for 50. And he went, sold. And handed me $50. And I handed him half a pizza. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 26. We are o- we're over the hump of the quarter tenial? I, I, I don't That's know. I, I spend about three to four seconds thinking of what that word should be, and then I stop putting effort in. As you should. Yep. And I am Jeff, also known as Invader Gurr, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host and the founding member. Please, you make me sound so important, and I'm not. I, I, I know, well, I... I sold you short because I did not mention your true title. It's a long title. Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah. <laughs> oh. Of the uh, Grand Poobah of all things internet, you are, you're the PR guy, you're the, I guess, our web developer, uh, the on, well, the air quotes on-air talent. <laughs> um I get that t- that title too. I, I believe, at least in worst. my case, talent. Yeah, talent is a very abused word in this case. If anything, God, it I has the right. The word talent is going to jump off the like dictionary. Come over and start call up uh, Jim Sokoloff and put together a class action lawsuit against us for its mistreatment. I hate something Wicked Studios talent so much. Yeah. That Charlie also the Bastard word talent the may or may not have mesothelioma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But I'm Charlie. Now that yeah. we, yes, yes, this is Charlie. Gra- Grand Poobah Charlie to those of us plebeians who have the fortune of living in the shadow of his grandeur. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm and going to make you, like, choke on your own laughter at this. <laughs> we are the official Something Wicked Studios podcast. Uh, we can be reached at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. We can be found on the internets at... um. SomethingWickedStudios.net or on the YouTube under Something Wicked Studios. Uh, I'll rehash all that's said to the show, so in case you missed it, don't worry, we repeated a bunch at the end as well. But uh, more importantly, what have you been up to, Jeff? So, this week's been kind of an interesting one for me, because I've been both feeling extremely motivated and completely unmotivated simultaneously. So you've done nothing? I, I Not full nothing, but close to nothing. Um... So this weekend I got to, uh, go, or I went to a, uh, I guess it would have been a brewery tour, except for I showed up late, so I missed the tour part and just got the brewery. Um, and I got to go to the Downeast, the Downeast Brewery in, uh, Boston, which was pretty cool. They made cider. They made a, uh, you'd probably like, they made a, uh, tea flavored cider that Mm. mostly tasted like alcoholic green tea. Or uh, black tea, I was told. I'm not as well-versed. You're very well-versed. I am very versed when it comes to tea. You are correct. I'll Um, have to find that now. But they do have that, and then their regular 
garden variety cider wasn't bad, so I had that and got to drink beer out of a beer can that hadn't been sealed. Cool. And, and they threw in a neat little cozy. Um. So after that, I've basically been working on the super secret off-screen Something Wicked Studios project that I've been this working is, on. This is what, like three months of that thing going on? It's a very big project. It's probably going to take a couple of months. Um, but I've been working on the script for it so there. far. That's the only teaser. It has a script. Like none of the rest of our um, content. I have none of the other things we do, except for the Ruby video. That was the only scripted thing I've ever done other than this. Jeff doesn't ad-lib um, as, best, as well as the rest of us. That's why he's on the podcast. Yes, that's exactly why. I'm bad at improv. So, talking about the next thing that pops out of my head. Um, so, basically what that's um, had me do is... Um, I wind up writing it while watching reruns of FMA with my roommate. So I've been watching a lot of the original series of Full Metal Alchemist, which has been pretty cool. Um, And then when I'm not watching that, me and my roommate have started watching the show Parasite, which is this new anime that I'd never heard of previously that basically... Some dude's hand get possessed by a bug and it changes... That's not new. Oh, it's not... There's two versions of it. There's Parasite and Parasite Maxim. Fair. I Maximum or something like that? I don't, don't know. know. Or it's old and I just never heard about it. Uh, the manga's not old, that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, I yeah. know of it. But basically it just like fan panders to me in that it's like got intrigue, espionage, and gore, and sci-fi stuff. But then it follows it up with some of the worst voice acting I've ever seen. Like, he killed my mother! Like, completely deadpan, same volume voice acting for things that should be pretty significant events to characters. Yeah. Like they the they are so bad the voice acting in this show. So it's got that nice blend of being kind of bad but kind of good at the same time. It's both good and terrible. Yeah, which are the type of shows that I'm weirdly drawn to. I have a bad taste in bad tasting things. Yeah, I think I watched Parasite when I think I was I think I was on like I was on location for work or something and my sleep schedule was so screwed up it was like they were marathoning it one night at Adult Swim and I watched it mm-hmm. all in one sitting and I'm like that show was terrible. <laughs> yep. But it's wild wacky zany and people are kind of crazy and I do kind of enjoy how it's one of the few times I've ever seen some main character get thrown into a universe where it's like okay there's the a- these alien things they're going to start killing people. I'm probably going to have to start killing the alien things. And then as opposed to being, like, whiny and bitchy about it, he just goes, like, fucking emotionally numb. Yeah. <laughs> and just becomes this, like, homicidal death machine. The show's pretty um, short. How many episodes are there? Like, eight or something? I think eight there's 12. Yeah, but it's, it, it, it's not a long show. Yeah. Um, but I I'm I can be perfectly happy with that. But that's no, basically both. I, I, remember, I remember watching all of them, like, huh, there should be more of this, I think. No, there shouldn't. This is kind of terrible. Yep. Um, so that was basically what I did. And then um, I had this, like, interesting experience that I'm going to... This is going to be, like, the philosophical and the... Uh, if you're drinking to the Something Wicked Studios food part of the podcast, the drink part, which is I went out for Chinese food recently. Me and my uh, roommate, it was, like, a Friday. We were both hungry, so we went. And there was this place down the street from us that, like, is the most innocuous, like, 
it, the building ha- is just painted like eggshell white or something like that. It looks dilapidated, like, at first, like, in passing, like, I genuinely thought the building was condemned. I paid no mind to it. And then I wind up, like, going on Yelp and the thing's, like, five-star reviewed. And it winds up being one of these, like, TARDIS moments where it's, like, this battered, beaten building. And then you open up the door and it turns into this pristine, prestigious Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese restaurant. Asian food at that point. It's Asian food. Yeah. Which has a sushi bar and specializes in Vietnamese po, or pho, however you pronounce it. It's pronounced pho, but I pronounce it pho to piss off my girlfriend. Okay. But it was the biggest, like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, because it might actually have amazing food, surprisingly. So that's your philosophical moment of the week from Jeff. There won't be more of these, I promise. He's not very deep. No. I am a 2D cardboard character. I'm actually a cardboard cutout with a voice box that Charlie animated using construct magic. And uh, Okay, so you joke, but because of the uh, giant bomb cast, I spent an hour researching Vocaloid programs this week. Oh, I, I've, I've seen some of those from EDM production. They're pretty... Uh, if I wanted to right now and I wanted to throw the money at it, which I don't, and I would never do this... I could go and get the exact voice pack of, um, I think it's Miku or whatever it is, yeah. the female, yeah, the holographic female music sensation in Japan. You can just buy the program that makes her voice. Yeah, no, you... It's like $200, which is more than I'm throwing at a voice pack I have no use for. No, but I so I, I looked at it like, I, could, I, they make, I wanted an English-speaking one. Those were a tad more expensive. But I definitely looked at it, and I'm like... This is something I'm going to buy eventually, isn't it? <laughs> We're going to do something creepy with this, aren't the, we? The problem is the programming for it's so difficult because you have to pick, like, the exact note, the word. You need to pick the word, the note it's going to be set as, and the length of the note. So you wind up having to really customize the exact phrase the thing Oh, no, says. so that's the thing. If I was doing it purely for, like, a spoken word kind of thing... It's you easier. can cheat that a little. Yeah. Yeah. The thing just like talks in perfect pitch, monotone, just like one note the entire way. That'd be so weird. I wouldn't quite go monotone, but I I, I definitely looked at vocali- uh, Vocaloids and I'm like, I kind of want one. I don't know what the hell I'd do with it or even how to use one, but I kind of want one. There is a guitar pedal out there at the moment called the Miku. Of course And it's is. made by Korg, I believe. It's either Korg or Digitech. Okay. And it is what's referred to, I guess, as a, a WTF pedal, which is guitar goes in and something not guitar-related farts out. And this guitar pedal, you play the guitar, and it does its fucking damnedest to Vocaloid a guitar. And it produces the most strange, screwed-up, weird-ass fucking noises. Why did you not and, own one of those? Because they're $200. <laughs> They're, they're way too expensive for what they are. Why do you not own one of those? Like, because they're too expensive for what they are. I don't. And you really haven't even, I haven't even gotten to I the best one. part of this pedal yet. So, for those who don't know the anatomy of a guitar pedal, they're a little square box, typically, with one switch at the lower center of it that you step on to turn it on. Is it her face? It's her fucking genitals. So she kind of has a button penis. <laughs> You're uh, giving the most confused, not quite concerned, but 
not know how to feel about that look. <laughs> I like. Is it just like a panty shot, or does the pedal look like Miku? It's just a picture of Miku, okay. and it just happens that like in her like waistline is where the button is. Okay, that's yeah, that's not great. Yeah, it, it basically comes off as like a penis. Huh. Um, because you and me are a Skype call, I'm going to send this to you. You don't have to look at it now. Oh God! But eventually, eventually you'll know. Uh. <laughs> and it has if its voice range goes from scat, lu, la, ah. Pa and Nyan. Okay, that's a lot less worth. That's a lot less bad than I thought it was going to be. In all honesty. Yeah. Oh, it's not like a naked like. It wasn't made by like a hentai artist. It was made by Korg. Like I... this. This isn't a fan thing. This was like endorsed. Yeah, it's even crazier. This was endorsed by people who knew what they were doing and had no or wherewithal and like. Actual, like, copyrights were exchanged. Korg put their name on this thing. I know what I'm buying you for your birthday now. Oh, gee, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, gee. The I funny thing is, I'm... about this. Jeff, we finally found the girl for you. She's a stomp pedal. <laughs> you just have to step on her penis to make her work. It's... And when you step on it again, she turns to bypass. It's really not as bad as you're making it out to be. It's not, but it's fun to make it out to be like that. Fair, fair. Nah, so uh, aside for weird stuff like this, you do anything else this week? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm good until news. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, I I guess I got two things I did. Um, I watched a shit ton of astronauts eating food in space videos. Really? Ever watched astron like ever watched like extended meals of astronauts in space eating? Um, no. <laughs> I, it's like the lava. It's a lava lamp effect where it's just blobs of food kind of floating about doing weird food things. And maybe that should be the next thing is they just have like a lava lamp style thing of just like liquids floating back and forth in space and then just stream it as a lava lamp. So I think Twitch needs to use its social eating system to just have a live stream constantly of astronauts eating food in space. Mm -hmm. And if they're not eating, just food kind of moving about in space like it's. <laughs> so it's like Fruit Ninja. <laughs> it's just like apples and pears just gracefully floating across the screen. No, I want like mashed potatoes or liquids or some shit like that. I don't want solid That's food. That's fair. That's not the cool stuff. I want like Jello constantly trying to tear itself apart floating by because mm -hmm. that shit is cool. Mm, definitely. But yeah. You get like the physics on that. Yeah, it, it's, I, it is mesmerizing. I watched one video because I'm like, oh, it's a compilation of uh, astronauts eating in space. Two hours later. I have watched way too many compilations now of astronauts eating food in space. <laughs> I think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> it might be terminal. I, I, it's it's real cool. I, it's dumb but real cool at the same time. No, there's definitely worse things I've seen you do on the internet. This is true. This is true. But yeah, aside from that, I've been playing a bunch of the new Deus Ex game. Uh, it's that's some Deus Ex ass Deus Ex game. Mm-hmm. I am nowhere near far enough to have lots of comments about it, but if you liked um, Human Revolution, this is probably up your alley. It's very similar, but the game also does something I think every single shooter out there should possibly do. Mm -hmm. 
Also, I'm going to have some questions for you on this one. No, sure. So it's um, when you're going through the control options, they say like, hey, here's the one we optimized for this game. Here's literally the control screen from the last game. And the third option is, hey, here's standard FPS controls. They don't quite work perfectly for this, but if you're super used to like your thumbstick being melee and iron sighting and sprinting with certain buttons this game totally supports that like the menu buttons in kind of a wonky location but beyond that fucking yeah go for it and i tried using their control scheme initially and they swapped over to normal fps and it's like damn this is really nice they actually have this in this game and don't constrain mm -hmm. you to specific rules they came up with they were willing to compromise and think that maybe not just their system is the best system. Yeah, and they're pretty open. The wording for it's pretty cool. It's like, this is our proposed optimized layout for Deus Ex. This is Deus Ex's human. The fact they have the legacy layout where it's like, maybe you got used to the old version. You've been playing that recently in preparation for this. This is the exact same layout. It still totally works. And then they still have... Fucking yeah, we have normal FPS. If you are into that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, we got it for you. And... That game plays pretty good. Plays nice. real good. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's got more story going on than the last one did in some ways. Like, they're presenting it better and not just, I didn't ask for this quotable moments. So, as someone who has never played a Deus Ex game, knows nothing about their franchise or their story or anything like that, how do you think I would perceive said game? Um... Decently, it's a, it's technically kind of a stealth RPG at the end of the day with um, action uh, elements to it or action. It's got full blown combat if you want to it, but it's like if you want to run and gun it, you absolutely can in this game. But at the same time, the game really wants to be played like a stealth game. But it's got. I mean, a, also as well, like games like Metal Gear Solid Five or like The Witcher Three. That, oh, like, story. Even if you didn't play the other ones, like, is it approachable? Oh, totally. And so the Deus Ex franchise overall is. Up until Human Revolution's release was kind of self-contained as stories. And mm -hmm. they have like a five-minute video they prompt you to watch at the start of the game when you start playing it. That's, that mm -hmm. summarizes the events of the previous game. Okay. Yeah, it, it, does, it, it does a really good job, actually. Cause I, that, that game's like, what, five, six years old? And I'm like, oh, yeah, what happened in that game? Oh, right, that's what happened. Cool. Hmm. All right, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they they handled that part really well. Like, and am I sad it took them six years to crank a new one out? Yeah, or five or six. It's been a while. It's been enough time. It's been a chunk of change. I was still in college back when that game came out. Yeah, I, but at the mm -hmm. same time, it's yeah. Might have to put it on the list after The Witcher Three because that's been my most recent like single player project. Yeah, if if you're not already playing The Witcher Three, probably play this first because it will go faster. Mm -hmm. Like, at the same time, the two, go back and play Human Revolution. That's a damn fine game, too. Like, the improvements they made for this one are purely improvements. Like, that has some gameplay stuff that's pissed some people off, but the overall story of that game is damn solid. Mm -hmm. okay. that's, a, that's a fun game to play still. I What I do love is that, like, the, the first Human Revolution got a, like, got a lot of memes made after it of the I didn't ask for this catch line from the original trailer and stuff like that. And the hardest difficulty mode in the game is just straight up called, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> nice. Which I think is fucking fantastic. Like that's, that is more self-aware than Square Enix normally gets. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, it's a Square Enix game. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing it on the PC. Oh. It's got it's got full full controller support. I there was some news out there about it having some issues, but I've encountered none of them. I except maybe my mouse is my my looking is too sensitive. But I also was playing it late last night, so that could be me being sleepy. So also most games allow you to adjust sensitivity. Yes, I just didn't bother doing it. I got I want like I want to play enough of this. I can talk about it tomorrow, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's good so far. I'm. It, it's exactly what I wanted, which was more Deus Ex. Like, it's the, we're giving you Adam Jensen again. Okay. And more of the world. That's exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I wanted. It's interesting, because a lot of what, um, me and my roommate have both been listening to and reading a lot of things about writing by a guy called Brandon Sanderson, who's the guy who wrote the books, the, uh, Stormlight Archives. Sure. Um... But he does a podcast where they just discuss different types of writing. And one of the things that he was talking about is that one of the, like, least important parts of most stories is actually the setting. It's still important, and it can gain and lose you an audience like that. But the characters are usually more important. And the fact that you just told me you're more, or you have the same character, but the world's more interesting. Well, so the really de- speaks for the power of it. The Deus Ex franchise has always, in some ways, been more about the world of Deus Ex than any of the characters. Like Adam Jensen, the character you play as, kind of unlikable to a weird degree with some frequency. He's sympathetic, but at the same time, though, too, he it's like he's very flat. There's not a lot of personality there. He's like he he's cyberized military dude and it's the overall mm-hmm. world of Deus Ex you care about you care about it's kind of the going ons of it you care about the uh, mechanical apartheid apartheid that's happening you care about the racism against people with augmentations you care about the hacking that happens to those people like it's you care about the humanity first movement where it's you're ex- like, and maybe it's kind of like this way I like about some video games you have a centralized character who's bland enough you can project yourself onto them, but you can also roleplay as them some. But really, it's about, look at this fucking world, and you can have reactions based on what your reactions are to that world still, because the character is separate mm. from you enough. It's like, no, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, I get where that's coming no, from. No, definitely. The blank, sl- the blank slate uh, main character is definitely a very powerful item to use, especially in games. No, and I think that's where games are different than books and TV and movies, because... There's so much about exploring worlds at the end of the day that you can get away with it. Like, some games, the characters don't even talk, but you're still like, the world is fantastic. Like, Dark Souls, your character grunts Half-life. and groans but never talks, and people are always like, holy crap, the world of that game. Let's say, uh, there's the Half-Life series. I was actually going to draw the comparison of one of the best James Bond games, or most of the good James Bond games... James Bond doesn't talk. Like yeah. Goldeneye, James Bond doesn't talk. No, and it's... But I, James Bond is Captain Charisma. Yeah, and then, like, I, I love the world of Deus Ex, especially the two new ones where it's this kind of, like, mechanical renaissance, like, down to the fashion. People are wearing these just over-the-top outfits with some frequency. I, It's cool. Like, the first game had this really crazy, like, gold and black color palette for the entire game that was weird, but it's, like, adherence to that color palette was kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that sounds wicked interesting. Yeah, no, it's I, I've been impressed so far. And on top of that, I've been playing a bunch of the Destiny and getting ready for Rise of Iron to come out. Mm-hmm. Prepping those gauges to get turned on the moment I need them to, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, not too much more exciting. I, yeah, I, it's been a boring week for me. I had some Extra Life stuff over the weekend. We were at the SoCal um, Retro Gaming Expo, which is at something called Frankensons, which next time you're out here, I will try and take you to, unless we're mm-hmm. doing something during it. But it's like, it's basically a once a weekend, every weekend of the year dealer room from a convention you can make schedules around. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And they have little events like this. It was, it was the SoCal Gaming, uh, the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, which we I did. I actually worked the one back in like February of this year. Um, they've made some drastic and nice improvements since then, though. It's it's nice to see it come up some. Hmm. Yeah. That's all awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. But that's really about it. I I've thought about buying some games, but I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Deus Ex is coming out. Destiny's happening. Meh. Mm-hmm. You ready for some Beautiful. news? I am, in fact, ready for some news. Uh, did you see the new Dishonored trailer? I have not. Or, I have been like blind to the world when it comes to like trailers. I have been, I, I've been working so much and watching so much anime. I haven't noticed like any of this stuff. You so. should check this one out. It, uh, so, the, the the new Dishonored trailer makes the game look fast or capable of being fast, which. As someone who felt the original Dishonored was kind of slow occasionally, I'm super excited about. Like, it's... The ad campaign for that game has been really good at making me go, I like Dishonored, but I only paid $20 for it. They're doing a good job of being like, you'll probably like this one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there's some cool stuff going on in this one. There's there's some tech happening. One of the things that I think the new Doom kind of was the first and only step towards this that's recently happened is I do kind of personally want to see video games move back kind of towards, like, a Quake-style, like, faster-than-physically-possible-style gameplay in some ways. Sure. Not Maybe not to the degree of Quake, or if you're fucking rocket-jumping and bunny-hopping, but, like, faster-paced games is something that I'm totally stoked for, so that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, no, and that trailer came out as part of Gamescom, which we recorded last week's podcast was still going on, but wrap shortly after, but new stuff have come out from it. So I guess we'll burn through the rest of the Gamescom stuff. Um, there's a new Prey 2 trailer out there. Um, I am continuing to be confused as to why the hell Prey 2 is called Prey. Like, I... It's not Did the... Did you ga- rename it Predator? <laughs> no, like, I, I, do you know the Prey franchise? I do not. Exactly. The, the original Prey is a cool idea for a game with kind of bad execution, and we only care about Prey anymore because Prey 2 was this kind of like crazy space hunter bounty hunter, like space bounty hunter game that never came to reality, unfortunately. And it's been mm-hmm. delayed and scrapped and restarted and scrapped so many times, and this new thing is definitely not that game, and it's kind of like the original Prey which isn't really a good thing because no one remembers original Prey with a ton of reverence. Like, it had some cool stuff, like dinosaur aliens and spirit walking, I guess. Like, it had, it had some okay kind of concepts going on, but... Kind of reminds me of Dead Space, visually, at least. A little... Yes, that's like... That's, yeah, that makes a lot... Yes, it's kind of like... If you combine Dishonored, actually, and um, Dead Space, that's the game you kind of would have. Yeah. They, they didn't pray. appear. They didn't take any like the survival horror of Dead Space. They no. took like everything but. Yeah, I, I just don't get why they're hanging on to the prey name. Like if it was some storied franchise like Doom, I'd get it. But 
there's literally only one game in the Prey franchise, and it's not one that we're like, fucking yeah, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully this gives them a platform to produce a good game that's going to be the uh, the space dandy video game we all wanted. I don't think Traveling so. Traveling through the universe and kidnapping animals and bringing them to the registry. I don't know. I, I, also, speaking of No Man's Sky... Yep, you heard that parallel as well. Yeah, speaking of No Man's Sky, a new Star Citizen trailer dropped as part of Gamescom, and some gameplay footage, and them showing off that, hey, you can totally go from a planet to outer space and back and uh, Star Citizen, also possible kind of thing. But so, um, I have to eat a little bit of crow right now, and um, Jeff, if I go buy a pack off of uh, the no- off the um, Star Citizen website, can I play some weird-ass alpha version of that game? To my knowledge, yes. Okay, because the trailer they showed was fucking tantalizing as shit. It's like Mm -hmm. Mass Effect and Destiny and the parts of No Man's Sky you wanted to be there and Eve kind of all like crammed into a trailer and I'm watching this going, oh shit, I now care about No Man's Sky, not just in the ragging on it way. You mean uh, Star Citizen? Star Citizen, yes. That's that's how interchangeable the two games were for me up until recently. No, I, I, I've, I've been excited for, for a while. I did not follow the GamesCon release trailers, but basically after this, I'm going to have to go watch that. It's in the uh, that trailer. that that thing is tantalizing as shit. Like to the point where I was on their site being like, "What do I get if I buy this forty dollars starter pack? Like, do I get? Is there a thing I can play right now? Is that how it works?" And like, you own some ship in that game, don't you? When I first. So what hap- my storyline with this game, what happened is, one, I signed up for the game and I entered my username in wrong, so sure. every time I have to go back, I have to redo the entire account uh, recovery thing because I haven't forgotten my password, I've forgotten my account name. Sure. Which blows. But the other problem, or the, what happened is, when the game first came out, it was before I have my current graphics card. And it had DirectX 11, and I did not have a DirectX 11 Mm. compatible card. So I couldn't play in it. And when I say alpha, I mean, like, it was a hangar. Yeah. Literally, you could walk around the hangar and walk near a ship. So I never got it to work. And then many a year later, it's starting to become important again. I'm going to have to get my uh, account back. Yeah. And get, uh, get in there. Maybe we should do something with the alpha if we can. But yeah, no, I have gone from being like, fuck that game, it's a joke, to I kind of actually secretly super hope that game does well. Because like, if that game could even get close to what that trailer was showing off as possibilities, that might be the last game I ever play. <laughs> like, it's, if it does, it's that so was much kind of what I like. Was, that was kind of what I was hoping this game would provide in a lot of ways. One of these days, I'm going to have to like mail you my copy of Freelancer and be like, this is going to be old, but it's going to be a trip. But I've played Freelancer. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah, I loved that game. I just, I yeah, I just don't up. have the reverence for it as you do, because it's like, yep, this is Freelancer. Hopefully they'll make a bitchin' awesome version of this game eventually. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the sad thing with that game series is like, was it Roberts or whatever his name is? Yeah. Um, I don't know his first name. I'm pretty sure Roberts' last name was like... 
Remember all those games you liked, like Wing Commander and Star Citizen, and then I just disappeared for forever? It was like, yeah, you're right, a good game like St Freelancer that's in the same, like, style of it didn't come out after it. Um, so it's yeah. kind of like, we've been, I feel, not necessarily owed, but, like, it's been so long since a good game like this has been brought to light, because no other studios really try to tackle this exactly the same way. Yeah. Nah, Elite Dangerous oh. kind of does, but yeah, not anywhere near the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all, like, great, amazing news for me. It's like Christmas came twice. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I am on this is gonna be This is going to be a good year to be Jeff. I'm getting Final Fantasy, new RE4, new RE in general, yeah. new Kingdom Hearts, new uh, Final... Or I think I said Final Fantasy. It's it's a good year to be Jeff. Yeah, you should get Destiny, too. <laughs> I, I think I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Ready to move on, or you got some more thoughts on No Man's Sky? Uh, I am good. So I guess moving on from stuff I'm excited about to K News, um, Facebook and Unity are teaming up to create a gaming platform for desktop. Hmm. I don't. It's kind of inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what that even means. Like, I, I is it just kind of like a Steam that has Candy Crush in it and shit like that, or? Are they going I, honestly, after Honestly, that's Steam? my initial my initial impression is that it's Steam that does that. At the same time, I feel like Facebook would do better trying to combine themselves the other way and being like, "Hey, add a Facebook module to Origin and Steam than sure. hey, here's our Steam competitor." Um, but I think Facebook's probably looking at it going, "Hey, here's some free money. We'll just sell games. We don't actually have to hold inventory. We don't have to actually advertise anything. We just Run numbers, hold server space, and people will give us income. No, um, fair. I, it's. I'm actually kind of surprised we even had a new gaming platform come out for PC, given the revival recently on it. At the same I mean, time, GOG is probably the one of the newest ones. Yeah, but they're not got, really like a platform. Yeah, but they're still like what five years old now. They are. They are older. They're not new. New. And they were at the beginning of the resurgence, not like the height yeah. of resurgence that we're in right now. Yeah, but they're not like. Origin and Steam World. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I guess you play maybe, but that's not. That's still part of Steam for the most part. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah, but no, but yeah. I don't know. And then I guess there's Google Games, but that isn't producing anything colossal. Yeah, Who I don't knows? know. I'm just like listing every place I know that'll let me download games from. <laughs> yeah, no. I... Moving on from that though. Um, were you ever aware of the uh, CryEngine $1 million um, dev fund? Indi uh, sorry, indie dev fund. No, but this sounds like the type of thing of like how Tripwire Studios produced Killing Floor, except that was with the uh, Unreal Engine. So yeah, the, so CryEngine, the guy behind the guys behind Crisis and a couple other games, but mostly Crisis. And, and the engine that powers it. <laughs> yes, and the engine that powers it and several other games out there. Uh, it, I heard news about this actually a couple months back, I want to say, and it wasn't didn't really make sense of what it was. But basically, they have a million dollars in funding. And if you have an indie game in development right now, you have to have one to even qualify. You can go and get part of this money to essentially get maybe money you need for publishing or advertising of some kind. Like You basically have to have a fully done game, but no way of getting it out there. Does it have to be in the cry engine? I think that's the implication. That that would be yes, the implication. Yes, cry engine devs. Yeah. 
That, that said, being a CryEngine dev and very indie, I don't, like... There are certain engines, like the Frostbite engine and the CryEngine, that I don't associate with low budget. No, but seeing as you can get the CryEngine for free now, it kind of makes oh, sense. Can? Yeah, I think they made a free-to-play okay. version, essentially. Or oh. maybe they, they dropped the price drastically. Like, it's kind of like how... Um, the, you might have tiers of it or something, maybe? Maybe. The Unreal Engine is free up until you want to publish now, yeah. Yeah, because I was saying, I think they do have licensing stuff eventually. Yeah. It's not like Steam or like Valve where it's like, yeah, you can create mods pretty much to your heart's content and use our assets. Yeah, no. So even then, that's probably not a true sentence. Yeah, I just like the fact they're helping out indie developers. It's... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's neat to see an engine do something like that. <clears throat> But so, uh, speaking of indie developers, uh, GameStop hardware sales for their for the various consoles are fucked right now. Why are they oh, fucked? GameStop's is living on borrowed time. I, yeah, I don't disagree. But the uh, whole Xbox Scorpio and the PlayStation Neo thing have made it a very bad time to be trying to sell consoles at a GameStop, apparently. Or a bad time to sell consoles for GameStop, which... Surprises no one, I think, but mm-hmm. I just find it funny. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, the, there was also something, I don't know if this is later in your docket, I think I saw something about PlayStation 4 has unveiled something that makes it look like yeah, well, Sony may be coming to PC as well. So we can jump to that. So, the um, PlayStation... Might as well do PlayStation 4 news now, I guess. So... The PlayStation or Sony has unveiled something called the PlayStation Slim, or it's leaked. It's not really clear. It's a weird rounded version of a PlayStation 4. It's kind of ugly. Kind of looks like a time capsule from Apple, but that's neither here nor there. They've also announced they're making it way fucking easier to attach a PlayStation 4 controller to a PC, and that's designed to kind of help push the um, PlayStation Now which is coming to PC, the kind of games-on-demand service they were offering on that console, mm-hmm. or on from the console to the PC, and also maybe incentivize you to use that whole PlayStation streaming thing you can do, or PlayStation Direct, whatever it's called, where you can stream your PlayStation 4 to another device and play stuff there. Is that the PlayStation Now, does that include the pretty much all the PlayStation 3 games that they're selling? Yeah, it's a bunch of those, I want to say. Yeah. That service I've genuinely looked at, I've been like, ugh, I kind of want to, but at the same time, you're basically dangling games I already own over my head, and I'm really not a fan of that. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I, In concept, I think it's kind of cool. I think they're adding a bunch of PS2 games to it now, and that's maybe a selling point for some people, because... It's a weird, like, Uncanny Valley thing, because it's like, you can buy PlayStation 2 games for your PlayStation 4 at full price and get the full game, and that's all said and done. You can buy PlayStation 4 games at full price. You get the full game, and it's all said and done. PlayStation 3 games, however, you have to use their streaming service and pay monthly for. Um, You can get some for the PS4, I think, but yeah, it's... Yes, it's weird. Yeah, and that was not... I was not a fan of, because, like, there's a lot of games for the PS3 that I, like, I own and I want to continue to play... But they've kind of pigeonholed me until I'm just going to have to get my PS3 around. Yeah, that's why I still have mine hooked up. Yeah. But moving on to our last of the PlayStation news. um, PlayStation Plus is getting a $10 price hike. That's the first time since 2010. It's going from $50 to $60. Um, I'd love a rationale. That's a year, right? Yeah. 
Okay. I have a PlayStation Plus account. I'm a big fan of it. Comes with lots of free games, some of which make its way to the channel, but mostly it's like, oh, it's an indie game. I'll play that eventually, I guess. I, it's. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this will mean we get better games as part of the PlayStation Plus free game stuff. But who the hell knows? I, their mm-hmm. explanation was market climate, which just means shit's getting more expensive, yo. Either that, or they discover people are more willing to pay for it. Yeah, no, it's likely, but that is a possibility. Yeah, and I guess I it it's required to do stuff like play multiplayer and Destiny and shit like that, so you have a healthy community of people that are already paying for it. Mm-hmm. I personally am stocking up on um, year of free PlayStation Plus gift cards from Amazon, so... Oh, nice. Yeah, How do you I'm, get those? You just buy them. You can buy a year's worth of PlayStation Plus, and they still cost like oh, okay. 50 bucks because the price hike hasn't taken effect just yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, if you're gaming the system some. It's kind of like going to Costco and getting... Uh... Like five fifty dollar iTunes cards for hundred and twenty bucks. Basically, kind yeah. Of deal. Yep. Basically, uh, but moving on from that, um, remember Mortal Kombat X? Mortal Kombat X, uh, the, yeah, I think I have it on the PC. Uh, PlayStation Four. Yeah, so the PC version was a wee bit fucked, and um, this news is actually kind of for Alex, who got Mortal Kombat for the PC because he has primarily Hi, PC. Alex. <laughs> And, hope, um, or do you listen to our podcast, or do you not? I think he does, but that's neither here Here's nor there. Here's your test. So, Apples. If you do not say the word apple to Charlie at some point, I, at some point I'll know you don't listen. Oh, God. We're now calling people out in our podcast. We're professionals, damn it. Well, they do work for us, so... I'm on air talent! <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yep. <laughs> now, but so the um, extra-large version of the game and the second combat pack are now on PC, kind of unceremoniously revealed and released, which a lot of people were pissed you couldn't get Mortal Kombat XL up until recently, so shut up, PC gamers, you got it eventually. A piece of me wants to get Mortal Kombat XL, but then I look at the price, and it's pretty much what I paid for the fucking game. Yes, it's it's a Game of the Year edition, essentially, at full price. The The problem is, like... The XL stuff is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. It, and for those who don't know, because, I mean, I can think of plenty of people that in my life who would know nothing about the current state of affairs in the Mortal Kombat universe. So the Mortal Kombat XL game basically introduces a whole bunch of famous fucking horror film staples. Oh, no, no, no. Those staples. are the combat pack. You can get those oh, the by XL, like the um, Leatherface, Predator, Xenomorph. Yeah. Those are all just Fucking DLC Jason Voorhees. Yeah, no, no, no. I believe our XL does include them all, Yeah, too, it's, it's a collection of everything in the game so far. Yeah. Hence the um, Game of the Year version. But yes, I want fucking Leatherface and Jason Voorhees in my game. You can just buy them, I think. Um, They're packed together. Yes. They're done in bundles. Yeah. And you need to buy both bundles. Like, they very strategically put the things that you're clear, like, oh, you want Leatherface and Jason Voorhees? Great, they're both in opposite packs. I wasn't super excited about Leatherface. I was more like, fucking yeah, Triborg's in that one. I want Triborg. Yep. Smoke. At the end of the day, I'm just excited for them all. No, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, uh, you want to talk about Pokemon Go next? Or The Division? Sure. Hmm, Pokemon Go or The Division? Ooh. Hmm. 
I'm going to save the division because it yeah. is a delectable sweet to be enjoyed on occasion. Fair. No, it's it's we haven't had division news on the podcast for a little while now and this is the kind of division news I like delivering. So yeah, we, we'll Which save those it. playing the the something wicked drinking game. <laughs> the division got mentioned. Drink. Drink. Yeah, so um I guess we'll start off with generic Pokémon. I have to eat a little crow on this one as well. Jeff, you were right. Pokemon Go's popularity are, is allegedly boosting sales of the 3DS Pokemon games. It may also be because there was just a drastic decrease in the price of the 3DS, but yeah, Pokemon Go is helping that out allegedly. Nice. Yeah. It, anything on how significantly it's helping it out? Because uh, I, I will admit I didn't expect it to help it out a lot. Um, looking at the article I was reading earlier about this, 80%. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. That is a lot. I won't consider myself right because I didn't guess that much. Sorry, yeah, so to break it down, I guess, over the November 2014 release of, um, Ruby Alpha and Sapphire, whatever, that's mm-hmm. up 80%. The 2013 release of X and Y, which I liked Y a lot of, that's up almost 200% compared to a higher than last year. So, yeah, it's up. But Nintendo's also saying probably because we just dropped the price on the 2DS a little bit. But Yep. Go Pokemon. That probably doesn't hurt. But on the same note as Go Pokemon... We can uh, officially say Pokemon Go is entering a state of decline. It was inevitable. Yeah, no one's... Honestly, the timing on it seems pretty about right. Yeah, it surprises no one, I think, at this point. But at the same time, it's a very real number. It's... Let me see if I can find it. It it had basically a 50% drop-off. I think that people are probably still casually playing it but no one's really going out of their way to go across town to catch yeah stuff. so the, the um, also data... because there's only there's still only 150 pokemon in the game people are going to start filling that number eventually as well just by sheer statistics yeah no and the reality is the number i'm talking about is at its peak pokemon go had almost 50 million daily users and we've dropped down below 35,000 uh three uh, 35, uh, sorry, 50 million daily users. We're now down at 35 million users. That's a pretty drastic drop-off over the span of a little more than a, a month and a half kind of thing. But I kind of expect swings like this to happen because the demographic of people playing that game is so broad. Yes. Huge sections of, like, people who picked up the game casually and, like, loaded it once is going to be a huge demographic that's gone. Um... And people who are not necessarily very nerdy to begin with are going to just be gone. No, exactly. So it's going to be really interesting to see when they get their second win because there's no way they're not trying to go down and see how many times this golden goose will produce and not come out with all of the Kanto and or not come out with all the Johto stuff next, at least. Like, yeah, So and that's the thing. They, they kind of hinted, like, there's been some predicted timelines and we'll allegedly get some new stuff towards, like, October is the theorized date. But, like, the Johto stuff won't show up until probably, like, next summer. Mm-hmm. Which I think is too long. But 
We'll see. I think at the same time, it's very strategic for them to make people forget about it a little bit. Like, so that's, it shouldn't be too fresh in our memory. I don't know. I think you have to keep the community happy because if it falls off too much, it falls off way, way too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is also the same kind of thing that I can see people installing and uninstalling pretty, like, not caringly, like... You don't need to keep farming to keep the game playing, if that makes sense. I guess, sense. but at the same time, though, too, I think you have to... You need a certain number of still... People have to be playing it still to justify new content in it. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's it's in a downswing. I don't know what that means just yet for the game. It's obviously not good, because downswings are rarely positive, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess oh, our last fair. piece of Pokemon Go news... The developer Niantic is permabanning cheaters, cheaters at the game. Hmm. Seems a bit harsh for a mobile game, but I get it, kind of. Like, Overwatch, I understand the permabanning. Pokemon Go, that seems excessive to me. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing stuff like um, spoofing your GPS or your location. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I don't know on that one, I guess is my reaction. It's kind of weird. Yep. No, I understand that. Yeah, it, it. Again, it's like it's such an inconsequential game in the grand scheme of things. Like, there's no, it, there's literally no competitive scene for it. It's an important game overall, but like, there's not money being wagered in giant degrees like there is with Overwatch or. It's not yeah. a competitive game that, but, I mean, hmm, there's parts of me that I could see people being genuinely upset about this and like. People who are doing the game, I guess, quote-unquote, the right way, and also people who are making money off of it, such as all these coffee shops that are fucking, like, yeah. spending all this money, and if people don't care or don't have to anymore, that hits their returns. But that's also, those are the third-party, secondary, money-by-consequence people. This isn't Niantic losing money. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, like, the... You kind of I guess also it doesn't incentivize anyone to buy lures or anything if they can just get what they want. Yeah, it's bad behavior is bad behavior. I believe in punishing bad behavior, but permabanning yeah. seems tad excessive for Pokemon Go, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have another choice for you, Jeff. Division or Battleborn news? Mm, Battleborn. You got a pink... I'm still saving that treat. You got a pink commando penguin added to the game as a player character. Joy? <laughs> yeah, I... Are you still playing that at all? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. But yeah, it's a, there's a new character. He's out. He's a um, penguin or a pink penguin-looking thing with a grenade launcher. His name is Ernest. Mm-hmm. He's got attack vest. I... I just felt like kicking that corpse a little bit. Say that again? I just felt like kicking that corpse a little bit because you were like, I'm totally going to play this, and yeah, no. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. So I guess our, our oh, I guess a quick one. Dead by Daylight has broken a million sales. Nice. Yeah, speaks well for that game. Hmm, for kind of like a small little horror game, like, it's kind of stuff you want to see do well. Yeah, we should probably check that game out at some point for the channel. (laughs) 
Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so last and not least on the news I have prepared, well, I guess that's not technically true, but we'll get to the other thing in a second. Um, so Ubisoft has announced that the day of pushback, all upcoming DLC and expansions for the division to focus on improving the base game. A.K.A. we got a long list of things that need fixing, and we're going to try and fix them. It's like they finally listened. Yeah, I don't think you... Uh, so we talked about this with No Man's Sky some last week. I don't think you can fix that game in a meaningful way, really without fundamentally changing a bunch of that game. Like, the flaws in that game come down to how things take damage and shit like that. Like, just the loop of what that game is is broken and not so much like yes the invisible stuff the invi infinite sprint like all that stuff sucks but people stop playing not because of that but because it's not fun after a certain point i mean also at the end of the day you said that you were excited for the division too which yeah. in a way could be they could reinvent this game and produce the better game that was wanted in the first place yeah I, that but again that, that's a new game at that point like it's a, it's drastic changes Mm -hmm. you'd have to make me to get excited about this game again like you'd you'd really have to fix how things take damage and like i think i said back when we talked about um um ghost recon wildlands i want the division to have realistic damage to a certain extent like maybe not super realistic but it shouldn't take an entire clip of sniper rifle ammo to the head to get a guy down to half health mm -hmm. even if they are a boss like Maybe your boss fights just suck if that's what your solution is. Hey, they yeah. could do all that. Yeah, it's... I don't know. But so, um, my little special gift to you, Jeff, is, um, you like anime, don't you? I've been known to dabble in it. You're a fan of the MOBAs, too, aren't you? Within reason. Well, uh, I, it's not MOBAs plural, but yeah. <laughs> you're a fan of the League of Legends, if you will, as I understand it. I, I, that I would. What if they were to take anime and combine it with League of Legends? Well, they kind of already do that. <laughs> what if it went the opposite way and they were making a League of Legends esports-inspired anime? Um, I probably wouldn't watch it. <laughs> really? Because it's called The King's Avatar and it's coming out soon. Oh, God. It's kind of the story of... It sure as hell looks like League of Legends. The thing is, is like... I don't know if you can ever get more interesting stories in some ways than the actual players. And as you start learning some of the backstories of some of these guys, they're fucking dark and depressing. <laughs> like, a lot of these stories are very much the accelerated, the like, I played in the NFL for ten years... My body's destroyed, and I have no work experience and no marketable skills. Sure. Like, a lot of them, that's the, they're the accelerated story of that. Of like, I dropped out of college, I bypassed an education, and now my wrists are broken. <laughs> like, it is, they're not happy stories. <laughs> so the story of King's Avatar, as I understand, is kind of, it's someone's last attempt at a run at being a MOBA champion of sorts. I... I'm actually surprised. That happens a lot. I was expecting this to be more of a, okay, that sounds interesting out of you, in all honesty. Um, 
It could be interesting. It depends on how they spin it. In a lot of ways, it's just like, how about some drama? Who wants more drama in the middle? Like, yeah, but that's anime. The ultimate conflicts are mostly going to be character conflict drama driven. Yeah. In this kind of thing. Um, and also the action sequences, unless they're going to be dropping the character into the Digiverse. They are. Is going to be, uh, yeah. There were shots like things of people like at a old keyboard Mega- and mouse, though, too. There were shots of what? People at a keyboard and mouse. Like, it's not like dot hack sign. It's very much a, like, here's what's going on on screen. Here's what's actually going on on screen. Click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. It depends on how they execute. This could be good. This could be bad. They're not going to draw me in with just the premise. Fair. That's fair. Um, because For whatever reason, premise-wise, that just kind of repulses me. I guess it's because I know so much of the, like, about the people who are actually living it, and so much of their life is genuinely boring as fuck. No. And what isn't boring is, like, complete turmoil of, like, lack of job security. <laughs> And people scumming each other. So I guess there is an interesting story to be had, but you're basically going to have some kind of, like, puppy-kicking lawyer type. Yeah, that's um, fair. So. Yeah, I just thought the fact that no. we're now having eSports anim- e-sport animes made kind of cool. Um, There is, I think, I've seen before, there's at least one instance of in anime, there was just, like, a character walking around wearing one of the eSports team's shirts. In uh, some anime, cool. I think Hotshot GG was in one where it was, it was just like this weird one-off cameo thing. This is more focused than that. Yeah, no, definitely. So you had something you wanted to mention in the news, Jeff. What was it? So Magic the Gathering okay. has recently come out with a set called Conspiracy. Okay. Now, in this new set, Conspiracy, there's a card called Smuggler Captain. That doesn't sound Which broken will, or anything. Um, I don't. Or I don't know what the card does offhand. I'll have to look it up. But it officially is the first card in 17 years that Magic the Gathering is officially printed with the actual subtype of pirate. Okay. So, so that pirate tribal is uh, maybe making a comeback. Yeah, finally. Getting the recognition they deserve. Also, it's the first ever mono black pirate. Huh. Mono black is in swamps. Oh, fair. Interesting. I don't play magic anymore, but interesting, I guess. Yes. That maybe that'll be what I have to get you for your birthday. Is just mail you a uh, one-off pirate card. Yep. He's a conspiracy card, so you have or he doesn't actually work in the regular game. That's the best way um, to be a pirate. <laughs> well, conspiracy is basically magic made this these this is Conspiracy 2. They made Conspiracy 1 where... You know what a draft is, right? Refresh my memory. It's been a long time. A draft is when you go to a store and basically every person pays like 15 bucks or something. And that gets you like three packs of cards. And then you open a pack, you pick a card, and then you pass all the cards to your left. And then you keep doing this and a person to your right gives you their cards. You pick the best card. And then you have to build like a 40-card deck out of the random stuff you pulled. Mm. And Conspiracy has cards in it that read things like, if you draft this card, you get abilities. So it only works in these weird in draft games. And the cards have weird friggin' effects and do strange stuff. Sure. So it doesn't affect the regular game, but it allows them to introduce weird and cool mechanics. And this guy actually says on him like... As you draft a card, you may reveal it 
face up and then it does things. Huh. So. Pirate card. Those are conspiracy cards. Yep, first pirate card. He's a human pirate. Human pirate from the swamps. Yep. 2-2 two, two for 4. He's expensive, so his ability must be really good. One would hope. Yeah, he's vanilla awful. <laughs> um, but that was the one piece of news that I wanted to say. Not that necessarily gaming news, but gameish news, I guess. Yep. And so, pirate news, because we're Something Wicked Studios, and we cover that. We do literally have a pirate flag, you're right. Yes. But, so, uh, not a lot really happened we could deep dive into, so moving into our main topic, I guess. Not a whole lot happened that we could tear apart or dissect in great detail. So, I actually thought in celebration of the new Deus Ex game, me and Jeff would take some time to talk about Cyberpunk. As you may recall, we've talked about um, uh, Ghost in the Shell a bunch during the um, anime podcast we did with Deadly Joe. And, obviously, me and Jeff kind of care about that a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Ghost in the Shell, per se, but the cyberpunk genre in general. Like, the cyberpunk game, Crimson CD Project Red is something we're both very keenly interested in, potentially, if it actually doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Which, knowing them, it probably won't. But, so yeah, like, a, what's your history with cyberpunk as a game setting, or a game type, I guess? Game flavor? I don't, what do you even call that? Theme? Um, I guess it would be a theme. I mean... As far as, like, games go, I haven't played that many because I haven't played a lot of, like, the space opera games. Sure. And I guess I do acknowledge and I do know there is a difference between a space opera and a space punk yeah, thing. Yeah, like, Mass Effect is not, a, is not a cyberpunk game. I've definitely watched more space punk animes like Psychopaths and, like, um, I'm, like, blanking on this now because I didn't put enough thought into this beforehand. <laughs> That's on um, you. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Um, I played Ghost in the Shell games, yeah. Um, which was very much in our discussion before. We were like, the Ghost in the Shell game I've always wanted, or the Cyberpunk game I've always wanted is, you know, a, a good Ghost in the Shell. I did a fair amount of literature on it because I, when I was in college, one of the like two electives I was allowed to have as an engineer, you get no electives, was um, I took a fantasy and sci-fi literature class. And for the first half of the year, we read A Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin and that, and The Hobbit, and that was the fantasy section. And then we had a whole bunch of short stories were the sci-fi section. And it had different excerpts from, like, Ursula Le Guin and stuff. And um, it had a whole bunch of different games. I think it had a section, or a couple of sections on Asimov and um, Ray Bradbury. So we had, like, the... Um, do, uh, was it Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? We had one chapter of that we read. But the one story in it that stood out to me, like, best of all, and was by far and above my favorite story, was this one, um, I can't figure out its name. Um, I may have to let you talk and then I'll produce the name because it's a good story. What's it about? That's, it's about this guy who lives in this futuristic world where everyone is great at everything except him. People, like, are great at math, and he sucks at math. So what he winds up doing is he invents a calculator to do math for him. And then he winds up discovering he sucks at a whole bunch of other things. He sucks at, like, his foreign language class, so he invents a translator. And everyone laughs at him and is like, look how dumb you are. You can't just, like, speak another language on your own. He's like, yep, I'm stupid. I had to do this. And he winds up continuing to do this until the guy starts inventing, like, all kinds of, like, invis... There's 
people there's like hoodlums roaming around neighborhoods beating up like elderly people so he invents a whole bunch of invisible robots that just beat up teenagers <laughs> and then everyone starts going hey you know we actually we, we'd love it if those things cleaned up the streets in our neighborhoods too we you know some of these inventions you have are actually not that bad yeah. and he's like no 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 i'm stupid you know I, I i only do this because i'm not good enough to do it on my own and it's this like and he winds up saying, they have like an ineptitude test for him, and they wind up having the question, blank is the mother inv- of invention, which the obvious correct answer is necessity. And he winds up writing down stupidity is the mother of invention. And it's just this like interesting little story about how not being the best and being forced into finding your own way can kind of cause you to improve in ways that maybe society doesn't immediately recognize. I'm going to bet money that the name of the story is stupidity is the mother of invention. No, it's named after the main character's name, oh, so it's one of those, enough. like, I've got no chance in hell of trying to guess it. No, fair. So I guess if you want to look that up, I'll take the wheel for a couple minutes. So sure. I love fantasy games. I love space opera games. But at the end of the day, like, one of my favorite settings overall, favorite themes, favorite worlds, you name it, is always cyberpunk. Like, cyborg parts, like, net diving, all that stuff. I grew up just loving it. It's never gone away. And like one of my favorite early on games were the Deus Ex games, the original Deus Ex games, Deus Ex, whatever it was called, Normal and Invisible War. Two games I definitely shouldn't have played as young as I did, but fuck it, I'm an adult now and I can talk about them. I I just love the kind of idea of post-humanism or meta-humanism via technology and it's always been a kind of interesting one because it seems to be a tricky one to do well in video games. So on one hand, you have games like Halo, where technically there are cyberpunk themes to it. You have Master Chief that is a character improved by... Tech. Hell, even Destiny kind of has some weird cyberpunk stuff going on where the game heavily implies the ghost, a little robot you pick up at the start of the game, is essentially your soul and you're kind of more of a husk and you're powered by the god power of a giant mechanical sphere. Hell, there's even a race in the game called the Fallen that worship spherical robots as their gods, representations of their gods. We'll probably deep dive on some Destiny stuff when the next Destiny expansion comes out, so I'll save it for then. But the idea of, like, Ghost in the Shell, like, that's the idea of a cyber soul, a personality or a version of you that lives on separately or long after you do because you put enough of yourself into a machine or download enough of yourself or enough of you is replicated that it can take on a personality, I think is just one of the coolest damn things out there. And No, definitely. Yeah. Also, I'm not finding this book. I mean, I have to actually, like, find my copy at home. Fair enough, yeah, well... I'm sure someone can find it based on the description you gave of it, probably. But yeah, it's it seems to be actually a pretty challenging thing to do because like the um, Technomancer game that came out recently has not reviewed well. I haven't checked it out, so I don't know too much about it, and I can't comment too much. But like Deus Ex, the two recent ones, the ones that stand out in my brain as just like, holy shit, that's cyberpunk. They kind of nail a bunch of the ideas. They don't always go far enough, in my opinion, but... Like they're they're just great interpretations of what the options give you to do. Like and it's a, it doesn't need to be a game like um what's it called? Uh oh god, uh Super Hot. Also another brilliant cyberpunk game potentially, depending on how you interpret that game in theory. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that I really like about Cyberpunk and now the show I'm going to list 
I think is I don't know how to classify it versus Cyberpunk versus Space Odyssey. Is going to be, or actually, I can mention two soldiers: it's Outlaw Star and Cowboy Bebop. Which one of the things that I really like about how the cyberpunk genre really brings about is you start seeing how it influences society from the ground upward. Where yes, you have these all important rich beings who own ships and travel the universe and are shepherd and save the universe and then shrug their shoulders and go, well, yeah, of course the universe owes me everything. I'm the greatest guy here. But then you go to spaceports and stuff in some of these shows and you just see like the space scum of the earth who are, you know, you have your gamblers, your like cheaters, swindlers, people who are pretty much any guy in any of those shows who works in any kind of auto parts store. Yeah, you're touching on actually my favorite part of cyberpunk, which is when you talk about sci-fi, you're generally talking about the haves at the end of the day. So yes. much of cyberpunk stuff focuses on those who don't with some frequency, where it's like, nah, it's like, yeah, people have to have neural implants now, all of them. And yeah, if you come from an affluent family, you can have a good one, but the bad ones are super shitty and dangerous occasionally or something like that. Yeah. And also the, like, amazing level of, like, underground it creates. Like, a lot of these, like, go into these, like, dark black market areas and stuff, and it's like, you know, space drugs, man, they'll fuck you and your family up <laughs> yeah like a lot of the consequences of poor decision making gets amplified which makes for good storytelling um you also get a lot of these like insane things of, like the effects of certain stuff like i can remember one i don't remember it was in my list of short stories and again i can't remember the name of it but it was this, basically the story of this guy who he met a girl who was able to get her hands on some drugs but he was basically into this, like, little handheld shooting game. Or it wasn't a shooting game. It was, like, a little, like, piloting game. And they played it on holograms. It's not... Or that idea, nothing, you know, earth-shattering there. Kind of there. But, yeah. And he wound up cheating and beating this, like, you know, huge, like, the world's best pilot by taking these, like, insano, like, my brain's moving at 6x speed drugs. And, like, the impacts and stuff on, like, how it affects the underbelly of the world. And, like, what these people then take this new cyber world and do and how they implement it into the things that they wanted to do anyway. And a lot of these characters, although they may seem comically flawed, are much more human than, like... I think I'm much more likely to stroll through Lowell and run into a bunch of people playing space craps or, like, you know, doing random shit. Like, I've seen cars getting broken into. Um, it was hilarious to watch because I saw the cops about five feet away walking towards these people breaking into a car. Uh, turns out Slim Jims are not very inconspicuous. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm much more likely to run into that in my life than I am to run into Gene Starwind. Like, he's off saving the universe while I'm here on Earth being boring. Like, yeah. no, I think it's a, in some ways it's much more relatable in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, I always find the cyberpunk futures presented as the more believable ones, I guess, because part of what makes them interesting is how flawed they are. Like, there's always this, yeah, yeah here are the tech drugs, here's the hacker collective that celebrates their victories by having a digital rave that's just them all in a chair, zonked out of their mind on some type of drug, but all, like, interfaced into a hub that's having a party. Yep. And also, like, all the amount of hacking and it's... Maybe it's just, like, nerd empowerment that suddenly nerds are the victor. Or, one, they're the victor. Two, they're the villain. Yeah. Like, when you have, um... 
the laughing man from like the ghost in the shell universe not to say too much about him but he's a pretty innocuous dude yeah like he is not bulky he's not strong he's just fucking smart and um villains like that cyberpunk creates them really well and also it makes them fucking threatening like the laughing man is not someone you want to fuck with in his universe now but at the same time though too it opens up the door for the more, I'd call them brutish characters, but you can still have, like, dude whose arms turn into a Gatling gun. Maybe not as... U- yeah, maybe not as universally dangerous yeah. as the Laughing Man, but a different kind of pressure, a more immediate danger, if you will, and they both can in- they both can exist equally as threatening inside the same universe, which isn't always true for lots of sci-fi. Like, either you have to go far sci-fi and have, like, oh, it's an eight-foot-tall alien warrior race, or here's the Synthoid planet or something like that, but Cyberpunk lets you have... So we got, like, four hackers and two walking tanks and one hybrid. Fuck. Yeah, we're pretty unstoppable force. Yeah. Um, and I'll definitely would say a lot of my favorite anime has been very sci-fi focused. Yeah. Or, and cyberpunk. That said, I think a lot of, like, the older shows in general, which I tend to lead more towards the older shows, I haven't been... What are you calling blown older? Like, the, um, like, 90s, like, old Ghost in the, or Ghost in the Shell, Outlaw Star, um... I guess Trigun to a weird degree, sort of. Yeah. It ties in some Trigun's spacey like stuff. Weird. Trigun has some very cyberpunk moments and some very yeah, just not. Trigun <laughs> moments. And it's kind of got that whole like cowboys in space thing going. Yeah. That whatever you want to call the Firefly genre, I guess. Um, I'm not. No, I'm sorry. Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star both predate Firefly, and they invented. Oh, I'm sure show. they do. No, no, they do, but that said, I would call Cowboy Bebop much more cyberpunk than Cowboys in Space, than uh, something like Vash the Stampede. Well, Vash the Stampede's a very boring comparison there, because it's literally Cowboys, yeah. Whereas Cowboy Bebop's much more metaphorical Cowboy. Yeah, I guess, but I think there's still very much Space Odysseys. At least definitely Cowboy Bebop is. Outlaw Star has some real cyberpunk flavor to it, because it's got a goofiness to it that you don't have in in Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fuck, you have a gun that um, shoots magic bullets. Yes, they do have the magical caster bullet guns. Yep. They have to go hagwa senpa, hagwa senpa, hagwa senpa while you shoot them. No, you don't. That's the guys that are the casters. All right, that's that's the, the actual casters. Yeah. You're not required while shooting the gun, unless you really want to. Yeah, so I guess it'd, I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to try and, like, what do you think the ultimate cyberpunk video game is? We kind of talked about how... But we thought the ultimate ghost in the shell game was. I thought it'd be fun to kind of just deep dive on that topic a little further amongst ourselves. I would actually be. I would really enjoy either one of kind of two games. Which one I'm gonna I'm gonna get one of these two games out of the way really quick, which sure. is obviously the Ghost in the Shell game. Yeah. Like, give me a good storyline. Give me interesting. Or I'm already interested in the characters. Or in the version you presented of, give me character creation, let me create my own badass in Section 9, yeah, let me implement I, I, myself. I think in my mind, the ultimate Ghost in the Shell game, to make it simplified, is kind of like a Rainbow Six Ghost in the Shell, where it's kind of, you have the campaign of the anti-terrorist stuff going on, the anti-kind of cyber-criminal stuff going on, but then you also yep. have a very fast and aggressive multiplayer happening at the same time. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a lot of stuff that could be done there very successfully. Yeah, the the existing game, it's fun, but it's too arena shootery for me in some ways. It doesn't feel right to the source material. They still 
they still have stuff there that like there is room on that game and it's still in beta for a single player to be implemented. Yeah. And I'm really like, oh, if they could just give me some single player. Yeah, but just the, the overall feel of that game is still kind of like this generic multiplayer shooter. It's not like part of what made Section 9 so interesting in the Ghost of the Show universe is it's precise, it's aggressive, it's like power moving through a room kind of thing. Like it's not whip out your gun, empty a clip. It's like, no, it's two headshots and they're down because you mm-hmm. be that precise. Mm-hmm. It's, nah, it's it's everyone is stealthed because if one person screws up, everyone dies kind of thing. Yeah. So as for my other version of what would I want from a cyberpunk game is I would want a pretty much a Bethesda game of I want a giant interactable universe or maybe it's just fucking Star Citizen um, where I can move around, go planet to planet tons of side missions, tons of interesting characters, and very much the, like, you know, there's Skuma and Moon Sugar, like, there is an underbelly to this world, there is a white knight path to this world, and, like, I can kind of go and carve my own legend. That's where we differ some, because I don't care so much about the space angle of it. I would just love a giant city, like I, uh, like the Witcher cyberpunk edition which could be the cyberpunk game they're allegedly making that is so that would be logical <laughs> amazingly up my alley it's like okay i can't help but be interested but i guess what i want that differs is i want you to start off as a generic person like i i, I love the idea of starting off as here's the game you can be boring or you can be cool we recommend you go be cool but if you just want to go and like do your cyber security job for the next 20 hours okay it pays. Not well, but it pays. We have this great <laughs> underbelly for you to explore, and there's all this other stuff you can get involved with. Like, in some ways, I almost want, like, an MMO, but, like, a Destiny action MMO kind of thing, where it's all of, it's very, very kind of real-time combat and not about powers like World of Warcraft is. Where it's, But it's a giant world of, like, building. In some ways, I have the, the Shadowrun. I really want the Shadowrun tabletop game to be an MMO in some ways. Mm-hmm. Which they had well, tried and failed at. Yeah, I don't know enough about that one to really comment, yeah, like, unfortunately. It, yeah, it's, it's, it, I want that kind of interwoven net of you work for the triad or you're working for like some cybersecurity company and they're kind of going against each other. And But you could be like working for the other one the entire time. It's like, no, I was undercover or some shit like that. Like, that's just cool. And when you, like, most of I want that like gritty real crime drama style stuff. With the cyberpunk overlay, because I think that's when it does its best, where it's like, no, no, we presented you with something that you already can understand, a very real human-feeling scenarios, but then we give you crazy superpowers on top of it because you can punch through a wall or survive a 20-story fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of also trafficking in human parts that contain, like, missile launchers and shit is one of my favorite things ever. Like, the image mm-hmm. of Weapons Dealer shows up, it's like, you got the weapons yet, it's just a crate of arms or something. It's like, yeah, these are good, these are good weapons. They're also mm-hmm. arms. That's super fucked up. Like, where did these come from? You don't want to know. We ripped them out of so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. All right, so we're running a little bit over. Do you want to... Go any further with this or no, talk I don't about have too any much more things? to say on this one. I thought it'd be a fun little quick topic for us. I, not too much happened this week, like I said, so we can close it out if you yeah. want. Yeah, we definitely wound up filling the time a lot more successfully than I was anticipating. Yeah, it <laughs> happens. It happens. Yeah. 
Also, I guess to close us out, um, uh, well, thank you for listening to the Wicked Awesome Cast. I'm Charlie. He's Jeff. You can find us at somethingwickedstudios.net. You can also reach us via the email at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. I believe that address is down in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Again, it's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you're curious about the video games, we have a YouTube channel called Something Wicked Studios. You can find it there. I believe there's also a link to that in the show notes down below. There's also a Twitter, but the easiest way to find that is find one of the websites or the YouTube and go from there kind of thing. But yeah. You can find videos made by either of us. Yes. Very rarely both of us. Very rarely both of us, yeah. Yeah. Except for the time they had me in your living room fondling a bo- large bottle of sriracha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess would you like the honors on this one? Yeah, I'll take the honors this time. Cue the metal. (laughs)